everybody, this is Atkins. This is Batman Beyond Mark. And we are actually not joined by Adam, because Adam currently is voiceless by uh, by his account. <laughs> so we didn't think that we would make him sit on a Skype call silently, or sounding like the uh, froggy-voiced character from the Little Rascals movie. We felt like it was better for him to just rest Just Morse code in. And we just leave it for the uh, the listeners to decipher on their own. Uh, probably not a good plan, no. Admittedly, uh, I don't I don't know that anybody would go through that effort. Hell, I wouldn't. And um, you know, I'm I'm one of the co-hosts. <laughs> uh, this will actually be the second episode of the AMP that Adam is not a part of. Um, not for the same reason, but previously I got it in my head that hey, we need some supplemental content in between anime seasons, and there are these light novellas called School Briefs. So I went out in my zeal and bought four of them and read the first one and did a review and then promptly told Adam I was never doing that again. <laughs> and I, I, I heard that you feel similarly about the oh, light novels. Oh, I despise them. I have genuine disdain for them. Uh, oh, how, how to put it? Um, they they have so much potential as I've I've read a bunch of other light novels for other series. And I mean, very in quality, but it's, it's, all of them have been staggering with how much they waste the potential that they have. Um, I think, I don't remember which volume it's in. Uh, Maybe it was one or two, but there, there's one, there's one where it's some of the teachers after hours, just grabbing some drinks. And you know what? It was genuinely the best. I mean, it was just okay, but it, in comparison, it was so much better. And I know my co-host of the Hero Notes podcast, Luke Hollywood, feels the same way because we stopped reviewing them. We had dedicated like very special episodes reviewing them back in the day. And we were like, no, right. never again. These are terrible. <laughs> I made it through one. And then funny story is I sprung this on Adam one night right before recording. I was like, hey, man, before we start recording, let me read you something. I just want to get your thoughts on it. And so I read him an excerpt from the second volume, um, which featured the scene where they were at the summer camp and Mineta was like making the hole to look through into the baths, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I read him a portion of that without telling him what I was reading from. And I said, what what is this from, Adam? And he thought that it was like from one of the racier parts of the Bible. And I was like, no, like this is this is in the school briefs, the the books for kids. <laughs> and and that's part of the problem is I realize, and this may be true for you as well, um, I, I realize that I'm not the target audience for those light novels. Like and so I'm I wasn't shocked that they didn't appeal to me, but I was a little shocked at how much I disliked them after reading just one. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing with them where it's because you're not. What are you the main target audience? No, are you one of the secondary target audiences? Yes, yeah. you are because you're a big My Hero guy. You you review the show. You review the side manga. This should be up your alley more or less, even if it's not like, oh, I mean, this isn't for me, but it's fine. It's they're so aggressively boring or missing the point. And I've I I know some other people who've tried reading. They're like, they can't be that bad. Or like, I love them. And they'll get through a volume or two and then they'll just stop. (laughs) 
And I, yep. I don't think if, the if only they had I listened. I don't think like the writer has gotten better, mostly. But I, are, I have so, read all. I have, so you're I still have reading read them for the? I mean, because we had quite a bit of time between four or was it four or five or the last one that came out and the new one that's coming out. We had quite a bit of time. I think uh-huh. we might have even been the podcast might have even been before hiatus at that point. Um, so I've read them. I've forced myself to read them. <laughs> Uh, you poor unfortunate uh, soul. Um. I, I I have drawn the line at I believe it's six that's coming out. Like I drew the line there. I'm like I like pastel colors. That orange does not work with the rest of that cover. What are you doing? I'm done. <laughs> well, uh, uh, we ended up. Well, we I I ended up um, gifting, and I'm air quoting right now, gifting all four of the volumes that I had to uh, Busta, one of the guys in our Discord who won one of our contests. Um, I just stuck those like <laughs> novels into the box that I sent to him with like the actual prices. Wow. Were they, um, were they, were they the I was just like, no, they were, I, I even printed out this like Bakugo uh, picture that had like a big shouty bubble over top of it where it was just him laughing outrageously and, and saying they're yours now sucker. Um, and it, oh, it was so much fun. He thought that, that was hilarious. That is pretty funny. So you heard it here from both the uh, Almighty Podcast and the Hero Notes Podcast. We don't recommend the uh, no. the light novels. Um, they certainly are not for everybody. Let's let's just leave it at, at that. And uh, we did have some more uh, My Hero Academia content hit the states finally um, in movie number three. Have you had the chance uh, to watch I it? I watched it in theaters on, on the day it premiered in the U.S. And then I went back the next day to watch it in Japanese. Oh wow! I wanted to get. I wanted like the other two movies, like when uh, uh, we had recorded episodes for them for the Hero Notes podcast. I wanted to get kind of both versions to see what both performances were like. Both of them are really good. I there there was one part that I definitely went back that second time to be like, did did the English team just screw this scene up? And it was like, no, no, they didn't. This scene's just strange. I gotcha. Yeah, I've seen it once. I bought it on Blu-ray um, and watched it for the first time last week and. Chatted about it a little bit, uh, spoiler-free in the Discord. I wasn't super hot on it. One of the things that I was most curious about going into it, to be honest, um, was the character of uh, Rhodey. Because when the movie first premiered in Japan, I swear, my the AMP's Twitter timeline was nothing but love for this character. And so, so the I, there's an episode of the AMP where I'm just like, he has got to be the freaking like top shelf character or i'm going to be extremely disappointed um and i i didn't i wasn't super hot on him to be honest um so that that was a little but that was me that was me carrying a boatload of expectations i i went in being like oh cool and i had seen um from the uh oh was it like uh one of the lead animators who did um from the beginning of the film you have his big running scene um, mm-hmm. they, there's one of the lead animators for that was talking about some of that stuff on Twitter. So I, that is some stuff I had seen cause it had obviously premiered in Japanese in Japan already at that point, but just watching some of their right. stuff. So that was my exposure to the character was they're going to show up in this really well animated fun chase scene. And I'm excited for that. So I went in with very little expectations, uh, with the character and I, I thought they were fine. Would I say that they're great? Would I say that I need to see them again? No, but I would be happy if I saw them again in like a kind of a background thing. Like uh, uh, if you've ever watched like the last couple episodes of uh, Naruto Shippuden, 
like when they're getting ready to mm-hmm. kind of you know end the series, you're getting ready for the wedding and all that stuff. You see a bunch of characters, a lot of them were like filler characters who survived their arcs. You see them all over the place. Like they heard about like Naruto's getting married. And they went to like they went there for it. And they're just background cameos that if you know what you're looking for, you'll notice them immediately. I would love to see Rodi yeah. in like that capacity again. Let's let's just I don't want to get into like reviews because I'm sure we'll end up producing one with Adam and mm-hmm. I think we had Hannah in on the last one and you guys may get around to do a one yep. as well. Um, but if you were going to rank movies one, two, and three, um, just off the cuff, what what, what would your numbers? It look would be like? one, three, and two, which gets confusing because my number one is two heroes, and that that naming scheme is just like one's just like oh, one's justice it. two or two's justice just the naming schemes yeah. are so confusing my rankings don't look like that at all <laughs> so to be fair to movie number three i've only watched it the one time and i feel like you know possibly if i was watched it a couple more times got a better feel for things that it would be ranked higher but i actually have it at the bottom um, i would go two one and then three um i've super liked heroes rising now it does some goofy things obviously the end is silly and dumb um but the fight scenes in that movie were stinking oh, they're, incredible they're amazing. Uh, deku's yeah. a speed force Good speedster Lord. and no so one can change my mind yeah <laughs> you alluded to that in our last episode uh, he becomes that, you lightning know, he breaks the rules yeah 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 uh, yeah the end on that almost entirely tanked the movie for me but it's just so hard to discredit the the fights that took place before it, especially with like all of one a um, trying to hold back nine uh, towards the very end and, and everybody playing a significant part. I thought that's that not was true. So much fun. That's not true. Coda and Sato play almost no part. They are stuck <laughs> yeah. in the cave and it pisses me off. That's right. Like at least Sato had some fighting on the beach. Coda. What were you doing? Coda getting forgotten by all the writers again. That's what you were doing. Yep, I think we pointed that out in our review Bothered as well. Bothered me so much. Um, yeah, I, man, if I was going to sit down, cool I, I was like, I'm going to watch an MHA movie right now. It's going to be movie number two. Um, just, It's just so much fun to watch. But uh, that's neither here nor there. And I'm sure that, like I said, your uh, Hero Notes podcast will get around to doing a proper review. And we will, too, um, now that we can watch it multiple, multiple times and get our heads screwed on tight about it. So maybe my rankings will look like yours at the end. Who knows? Who knows? But let's jump into... Uh, hero or the team up missions or tums um as you uh, like to mm-hmm. call them and as the characters in one of these chapters even calls it tum like it's did oh. they do you think they said we'll we'll get to it at some point i don't remember who said it but do you think they said t-u-m or do you think they said tum when oh no they came? absolutely said uh they absolutely said tum and and i i only <laughs> say that because that's how i'm choosing to interpret that i don't believe there were periods in between it actually I think that there were, which is why I asked. Uh, but we will we will we confirm will get to uh, when we get to that particular panel. This was really interesting too. I apologize to Mark before we started recording because in classic AMP fashion, um, I didn't realize how much we were biting off uh, for this episode. I said that we were going to cover chapters three point X's. So there's a there's a chapter three, and then there's a chapter three point one and two and three, and it's a lot of pages. I remembered them being <laughs> I was shorter a, as well. To be fair. Because I was like, that's a lot. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, they're, they're, those, are, those are pretty short. It was just like the first couple that are super long. And while that's true, um, these, are, these are not short. 
they are not short. Um, and you know, one of the things that has been true of us is we'll get, we'll sit down to record and we'll realize, Oh, the first episode that we were covering when we normally cover two is the finale, you know, the season finale. And we, we just are, we've got our, we're looking down at our feet when we're supposed to be looking out uh, to the future. We don't plan well. Uh, and so this is a, this is an example of that. So let's hop into these as we've got quite a lot of ground to cover. We're going to start with mission number three, which is called Two Who Support. Yes, uh, which is a clever, clever naming since uh, we have Melissa Shields guest starring in this this chapter from uh, Two Heroes. So Yeah, speaking of, movie number yes, one. Um, what, what doesn't make sense, though, is this first page. I have absolutely no idea why Burning is here. Why did she go, why did she go to Endeavor's agency? Why did she fly to Japan through whatever program this is? And then get eaten by somebody from Endeavor's agency. Why wasn't, I don't know, All Might or some other UA staff? Because I get it. You don't want All Might to go there because he will draw a crowd. And that's maybe not what you're trying to go for. But Yeah, and she even says, like, Vernon asks Melissa, uh, you'll make a a heck of a scientist someday. Where are you off to? As if she realizes that Endeavor Agency wasn't her final no, destination. She knows, a, <laughs> like, what she are you knows doing exactly here? who she's talking to. She's like, she, she yeah. knows that this is Melissa Shields. This is this is like uh, Doctor Shields's daughter. Like he is a big name that they would absolutely know. Uh, right. Because in this, um, and just like we'll get another chapter, whatever continuity that these ones are in, these ones are in at least the the anim, prob, like the first movie's continuity. If this if this is in a continuity and not just its own thing, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it's just and we it's a color page and it's like cool. Why is this a color page? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the why is Burden receiving her? Yes, it doesn't. Make and any it's sense. not even like they're at an airport or anything. They're at Endeavor's agency. No. Right, yeah, you can see the big E behind it, and, and then yeah, and then we're, and then by the bottom of the page, we're at UA. So I guess Burning was like, "Oh, hey, you're, hey, Melissa, cool that you're here. Let me take you over to UA now." I guess no, because she says, uh, "I'm, I've got some things that I have to attend to," and then asks Melissa, "Where are you going?" Oh well, no, I, I, I <laughs> so did, Melissa gets there I, on I her own. Yeah. Yes, it's like I, I guess in my head I was like, oh yeah, of course she escorted her there. She's a Melissa's a minor and just going around by herself. Just, but yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, it's so weird. And then uh, we do get uh, a couple, uh, like a two-page spread of Midoriya and then Melissa Shields and Mei Hatsume, um, who are the the two who support the titular two who. And then support. there's gears in the background, and then I'm just like, what? Are we on Unlimited Blade Works? Why are there gears everywhere? What's happening? <laughs> oh, man. Artist decisions are and, fun. And they're I have just to, like, they're I have Let's to some imagine gears it looks better in color. Uh, yeah, because I would it, imagine. So anytime that they do this weird shading thing in the black and white. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, just... Cause, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a whole yes, choice. Because there, there's definitely times where Horikoshi will... He chooses his color palette because he knows that there's going to be instances where it is in grayscale. Not that it always works, but mm-hmm. I know he said that he makes like he'll make the coloring choice because he knows what it will eventually get grayscaled as, and he wants it to look as presentable as possible. This one sure. does not feel like it had that same consideration. Yeah, 
Well, we do get your giant tum on the uh, on the next page. And a recap. Uh, you, you asked for it. And a get recap it. Yeah. of what we're doing. Another one. And this is inside the same it's volume. It's not even that it's inside the same volume, because as we because they're they're like we'll talk about it when we get to it, but there is a piece where it's um like a little info in the Tonkabon that's saying, Oh hey, here's where all these bonus chapters were originally published. Like they weren't published kind of in the consecutive order. Like so they were kind of all around and they were just put into this Tonkabon uh to collect them. But this is a numbered chapter this is a full like right. numbered chapter not a bonus chapter that got a retroactive numbering so why right. this is here i have absolutely no idea other than page space we needed to fill the pages and and, and yeah they explain <laughs> like you know the team up missions like we we it's future medora being like like we got you know we formed teams like and, and then blah 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 and then uh and at the time I had no idea uh, what this program ellipses would lead uh, would lead me to a reunion with her, and it's like you, you you're being a little melodramatic here, future Midoriya. Yeah, right. I think Adam would argue that the reason that there's a recap here is because there's always that first episode of every season that is also just. Hey, this is Ida. This is what his quirk is. Hey, this is Ochako. This is what her quirk is. And they do that every season. I have heard uh, that the newest season does not do that, which will be a breath of fresh air. Uh, but we catch up with Midoriya walking the halls of UA uh, and All Might catches up with him and asks him if he's been maintaining his costume, which is not something that I had ever really thought of before reading these chapters. Um, I find it unbelievable that uh, Hero Geek Midoriya uh, wouldn't be geeking out over his costume constantly. Right. It's just a, an interesting wrinkle, I guess, to the world. That's fair. Um, that they do require a lot of maintenance because of the support items. But, I, you know, I also thought... You know, you watch the like Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, I think, did this a lot where he was sewing them up. Yes, himself, they, they very much you know? went the old uh, Peter Parker like, yeah, no, he would fix his costumes himself. Um, it's, yeah. it's a good it's a good thing. I just feel like and, and Midori is not a bad character. I mean, he's our he's our lead hero. Uh, but I just feel like that there have been other heroes to maybe approach this with that would be more interesting, like. A Bakugo, honestly. The guy who does explosions, yeah. yes, his costume is insulated from it. That's gonna take a lot of damage. And as as we'll see here, what later on, what qualifies as damage is very strange. Yes, I agree. Uh but All Might encourages him to head over to the support area. Um, but as they're making their way down the hallways, Melissa Shield uh yells out, Uncle Might tackles him from behind, and this is where Midoriya is, uh, what's the term, Re reunioned with her, <laughs> with bold-lettered yep. her. Uh, this is where uh, he realizes, hey, uh, she is here. He didn't know. And, and yeah, and I think the strangest thing is he's like, Melissa, instead of like, Melissa? <laughs> right. He does go, yeah. huh, with like a, you know, and, and maybe that Melissa is, well, no, it wouldn't be coming from No, it wouldn't, because they, they, uh, they have been pretty good in this uh, series, for the most part, of connecting word bubbles. Ooh, and they get into later on, they do it a little bit here on this page with Melissa uh, in the bottom right, um, where they put uh, like a yes. profile uh, next to the bubbles. They they do that really well in one of these chapters. It's super good. I was going to say, and then present Mike here. I think that this is fine. Like, a little recap, like, hey, she's the one from the movie. Like, yep. perfect That's use That's perfect. It. Yes, we talked about, Adam and I got into it at one point that 
like this is something that manga should do more often that like American comic books are annotation really at like if there's yeah yeah you, just a small little text box saying as seen in you know issue number whatever like of Batman you know whatever the case XYZ. is they point you towards more of yeah they point you towards more of their content so this is excellent use of that yes um I mean some of it has to do with the serialization of stories and stuff like that but but it's it's still a very fair point um and then yeah they you know they of course ask like how is your father and she's kind of like you know he's still dealing with lots of interviews but and i and stuff he's like oh, but he's getting better so it's like okay so he is healing we yep he he's healing up clearly his injuries are long lasting which makes sense for actual real world injuries but also he's one of the foremost like uh support like hero support item creators in the world like mm-hmm. he was never going to go to jail he was going to be under house right. arrest <laughs> and under supervision while he continued to work on stuff absolutely yep but there is no way he was like they they could not afford to not have this mi- this man's genius building things for heroes yeah his worst case scenario would have been like a setup kind of like uh hannibal lecter's you know like all the amenities and we still use you for things yeah i mean he was he was able to i mean he made all might suits except for made like the only like hero suits that all that weren't of his design were before all might met him everything Mm -hmm. else since then has been from him and his stuff can withstand how powerful all might is like that stuff still belongs that stuff's probably proprietary it belongs to him they can't not use him because that application like of that kind of stuff could be used for other heroes it's true and uh i did think it was strange where melissa shield says that she's there at ua to research support items and she has been teamed up with yes and we see we see that when we see the shadow of like somebody walking up behind them but that's not what's actually happening like the implication is like oh the person's right there and here we're hinting at and then you turn the page and then now we're inside the lab and it's like cool hi hatsume but but why is she in the team up mission format at all you know she says i've i'm teamed up with her this this should have been like a special request thing not like a you know all the other folks didn't get to put in requests or bakugo would have never been uh, paired up with Midoriya, they were assigned uh, who they were working with. Why would Quirkless Melissa Shield be assigned to work next to May or with uh, May Hatsume on from another country? Yes, you know, and go through all this. That that setup was strange. Yes. To no, me. the entire setup is strange because having a like a oh hey we're having you know support course students from different schools working together to get kind of you know a, a broader sense of things. That part makes sense to me because. In that context, it doesn't matter if she has a quirk or not. Um, but she is yeah. from a different country. What is what is happening here? She's from a different country, and I also didn't know she could speak Japanese. But that's that's a yeah. different. That's an entirely different issue. Um, yeah, that's true. But it, it's like okay, cool. But I mean, the real reason we have this is because we have two people who who are like the fandom is like these are what are these two people is going to make. Midoriya's final hero suit like when he's when he saves the world and he's the big hero boy um and it's like well we should have them together to to, because they do the same thing effectively to just play off of each other that's why this happened yeah and I, I still am frustrated with 
the fact that Melissa could still now, because she had done it before, make a support item for Midoriya that would allow him to use more of his power safely. Because the one broke in the first movie and they were just like, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> and it never comes back yeah. up. Like, I realized that it's a little bit of a game breaking uh, component if if that were to just be on the table all the time. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a, also a silly, a, a silly detail or 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 lack thereof yeah. uh, between movies and, and the show. Yeah, itself. We actually will be getting two refer like very subtle references to that. Uh, to that piece of equipment, because for people who don't remember, she basically made a gauntlet, kind of just like as a a thing for class, where she, based on some of her, you know, father's projections for All Might, um, that could withstand three, you know, full power punches from him before it broke, and without, you know, causing any blowback to the wearer. So Midori was right. able to give three, like, 100% of where he was, like, he could access at that time, uh, punches. Uh, before it broke without, you know, destroying his arm. And it's like... And how many punches did he did he throw, Mark? He threw three, and he did a lot of kicking, which is good, because at that time, when he, we were still in shoot style. Uh, but it was, it was like, cool, because you're right. If he could just... It's like, cool, you have three of those, and then because they, they could, you know, collapse. It's like, cool, you just have another one. You put it on after the, it breaks, and, and you're good. Yep. Uh... Well, Midori is doing what uh, All Might suggested that he should do. He's got his costume. It's in the lady's hands. They are noticing some damage uh, beaten up here and there is what Mei Hatsume says. She wants to make it way cuter, but Melissa wants to know what Deku wants. And Deku's just like, uh, you know, enhanced her ability would be nice. And but just like keep the overall design intact. That's what he wants, if possible. Um, so he does give them, I guess, a little bit of leeway. Uh, but these two take that in run in very uh interesting directions yes may is may does what may does and she's like oh i have uh, these ideas uh to make you better i don't care what you what you want i'm going to do technically what you want like enhance durability and stuff like that but i'm gonna do it in my way and ignore your any other your specific specifics of your request <laughs> right. and melissa is like uh shouldn't the hero's opinion like if we can do it shouldn't the hero's like opinion be of relevance and may is like uh like nope my ideas you know mine's yeah, way nah. cuter uh <laughs> and stuff like that so it pretty much devolves into a like a contest between them they're like oh well let's have midoriya decide like you know which one's better and midoriya is immediately like oh no Oh, 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 oh yeah. no. It's it's silly. There, The panel down in the bottom right of the page that you're uh, that you just finished summarizing has Midoriya framed by both of their breasts. Um, yep. And, like from the side. It's such a it, odd it's panel. It's an odd panel, but also because of the, the angle, it's making him look much shorter than he is to make. It's like, oh, because he's yeah. like shrinking away. And from that aspect, it's fine. From the aspect of these are teenagers. Right. It's not I mean, okay. We... we and we've definitely had uh, an interesting breast encounter between May and Midoriya before, yes. um, but this that framing just felt out of yeah. place to me. Um, and I wondered too if that framing is also why All Might is spurting some blood in the next panel, uh, like he's I doing mean, the anime. I mean, no, it's <laughs> coming from his mouth, and it's a thing he does all the time. Yeah, and I'll say this: even if these were guys, it would the framing would be just as strange. What are you doing? It is strange. 
It is very odd. Uh, well, they end up at the USJ the next day. So, you know, less than 24 hours, these ladies have, have done their thing. Uh, and they have gone to the USJ so that they can put Midoriya in his new costumes uh, through a bit of a ringer. Uh, and they're not without an audience. Uh, we have several members of Class 1A who have come out. They don't really get like a, a great explanation for why I, they're I, here. They get, a, they, they get a decent enough one. I will say uh, All Might is the only you know, chaperone for this. So I, mm -hmm. he should have taken control in a bit. He should have taken control of the situation more than he did. But pretty much what we get is that, uh, like a bunch of them came here to just kind of see Melissa again. They're like, Hey, I hope you've, I, I, Hey, I hope you've been well. Can you build me some equipment? Because I absolutely believe that Bakugo who like would want equipment from her. She has seen Midoriya destroy his arm before with a punch, and then all of a sudden, piece of equipment from her, and he doesn't. He would want something made by her because it would work. Yeah, that that does follow. That makes some sense. Well, we see May's baby first, um, baby number two hundred and nine. I wonder if there's a comprehensive list somewhere Probably of wiki. all of the. Th oh, oh. I, no, I was just gonna, if 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 there was going to be any place, it would be the wiki. I uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I just, I'm sure that we don't, we wouldn't necessarily have every number represented on that list, but every canonical time where she's like, this is baby number X. Yes. Uh, that that would be an interesting list to look up. This one is called the Automatic Defensor X or EX. And she pulls out something called the USJ Switch, which looks like a Nintendo looks Switch. Looks like a very um, compact Nintendo Switch. Yeah which I thought was uh, a kind of a silly note. And she just starts sending boulders uh, in Deku's general direction. And the costume moves him without his input of any kind. Yep. And this starts to freak him out. Yeah. yeah. And his, I mean, it's supposed to be kind of like a knight's armor, but I don't know. There's something, there's something about it where I'm like, is this a reference to something? I just like, it looks a lot like Edith's like costume. It does, but just something like with the rivets and stuff and like the knees and the, like, and the feet. I'm like, is this a reference to something like some like mecha anime or, or manga that I'm just not thinking of? Cause it looks so familiar. Yeah. Nothing, nothing registered for me. I, I, I just thought, man, it looks a lot like what Ida it, it has does. been rocking. Um, and then, yeah, Midori is like, uh, like it's moving on its own. And then May explains like, uh, that's the stupendous auto evasion function. It detects incoming danger and dodges for you. Wow, cool. And then the, uh, like usual with May stuff, uh, it breaks down. Um, it, it malfunctions. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say breaks down. It malfunctions. Yeah, it's just battery died. Um, well, or it, it's battery died or it ran out of whatever propulsion it had. Because uh, it, it looks like with the foot, like that there was some, because it's, you know, the. it seems like it's out of whatever it had and so Midori gets crushed yeah. and he's he is he's dying and all might has to force his spirit back into his body yeah he's grabbed the ghost he's by the like, tail while it's trying to leave his body uh, oh yeah no mate says the battery died you're right um and he's just like that's that's too short of a timer and bakugo is loving this this is he's this is the this. best day he's had in a while as he's like good uh, get him killed you're the best inventor chick he's like no this is great i love this um and hiroshima's just like at least bakugo's having a blast as we see that kaminari's just he's like on his phone listening to music and uh mineta's just he, he has like a, a drink and he's just, he's just drinking his drink and he's just yeah. 
It looks like a boba. Yep. And he's just, he's just. It's got some little balls just, floating around in there. He's, that would be on brand. And he's just chilling out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's just living his best life. He's not in class. I think that that uh, maybe they got permission to not be in class for for this. Maybe this is during a weekday. This could, and, I mean, this uh, could be this could be weekend. This could be um, this could be the back half of their day because I'm pretty sure they said like the back half of the day is all hero stuff that we never mm-hmm. ever see. I'm not salty. Um, and and well, of these of one A, these four would be the ones that would jump at every opportunity to not be in class. So this is like field trip to watch Deku try on some costumes. And, and, fine, and, and get me out of here. Get horribly maimed. Yeah, Bakugo. <laughs> yeah, that's Bakugo just Bakugo would be in class, but the second it's like Midoriya's getting horribly maimed. Uh, I I'm sorry, guys. I've already made it there while you're traveling. Like I'm already here. I'm that's already right. <laughs> Melissa slaps her costume. Well, I'm, I'm assuming she doesn't actually. Dress no, no, no. Him, um, she's that he's polite. Able to privately don this she's on his polite, own, and she gives him a costume that looks like more or less his old one. And he's like, it, it doesn't look any different. And she's like, you know, like that. That was the point. Just try it on. And then Midori is kind of he's going through a bunch of different things, and he seems to have gone through several different zones at this point because it seems to be like the the raining one, um, and then the cliffs, and then I think yeah, I was at the cliffs. Is where it ends, mm-hmm. and he's just—he's like, "Oh wow, uh, uh, it's got top-class insulation from heat and cold, plus shock absorption, and it's nice and lightweight for superior mobility." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, uh, she's incorporated high-quality material without changing the design. This could work for me." And then all of a sudden, it just explodes—not explodes—it just completely falls apart. Just like in, in the most spectacular fashion that I would say is battle damage. Yeah, it looks like it blows yeah. up. If this was DBZ, I'd be like, that's battle damage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like from the uh, it, it's tasteful uh, exposure, right? Because it does look like it blows up from the waist up. Um, so it's, it's Hope, tasteful. Hopefully. Uh, it is self-destructed, but kept him covered. Well, I mean, given that when we see him again, he's not like he's his hands aren't down. I would say probably right. Melissa's kind of dejected. She's like. Uh, I knew it. Back to the drawing board. Like, it's still in an R&D. Once it takes enough damage, the whole costume breaks down. And I'm like, oh, you're trying to be cute with the movie. It's like, that's different. That was a piece of equipment that a normal person could have probably used for years. Like, Kirishima with those gauntlets could have probably used that for a year or two, if not more. But what you had is you had somebody in All Might's weight class because that's what it was designed to stop. That's what it was designed right. for. So, like, are you telling me that doing all this, the going around, even in the, those weather conditions, that that was damage? Like, just moving around, it qualifies as damage? How did you get it here? Yeah, right. <laughs> don't, don't nobody breathe in this direction while it's on the hangar. Ah, oh, it bothers me so much. It'll, it'll blow up from the waist and, up. And Bakugo is eating his Midoriya's suffering up, and it's great. Well, they're they're not done. Apparently, they didn't just each make a costume uh, because they both gesture behind them, and they're like, "Ah, eh, there's still lots of stuff that we can test." Most of which looks like it would have been done by the hands of Mei Hatsume. So like maybe Melissa did spend that day on that one item. Well, hers are also all fabric um, because she clearly has the thing there that we don't touch on that would absolutely be the first thing Midori wanted to try on. And that's an All Might mm-hmm. costume. 
Yep, yep, that thing right in the center yes. of the pile. Yes, if, if uh, you yep. can't tell me that he wasn't like that one and trying on that one next. <laughs> right. I, I, I oh, don't man. believe that if he had any say in it, that wouldn't be the next thing he tested. Well, they we get a, kind of a quick little bit of a montage that I would have liked to have seen more of. And if this were uh, animated, I think that we would get uh, a lot more than just like two panels of him screaming and almost falling into a pit and being covered in a little bit of fire, that kind of thing is as all might uh, talks about how different Melissa is from may, but uh, how the two of them could really uh, do something grand. If they could ever work together, uh, maybe making some allusions to Bakugo and Deku themselves. Um, and Deku ends up in like a spin cycle in the water. Like he's just spinning furiously and he's asking for them to make it stop because he needs a break. Uh, but they seem unable to do that at first. So he's just stuck spinning and spinning like a top uh, in this water as May's just like, ah, eh, you know, maybe, maybe a quick breather would be good. Um, but then things start to fall apart in the USJ. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, whoops. Like since we activated too many disaster zones at once, the system's kind of got a little haywire. And to that, I want to say, why aren't they compartmentalized? Uh, and two, yeah. and two, all might, you are the chaperone. <laughs> you yeah, are he's, staff he's, all might. He's just watching. Um, you should, you should have been like, you need to turn this stuff off. Also, uh, because we've never seen this, I don't believe the USJ has any of those, you know, like big posters or big signs for reminders. Hey, remember, make sure that this stuff is shut off. But then I also have to go back to the USJ arc and be like, everything was active at once. Why is this route? Like, mm-hmm. I, you turned everything on. Okay. It was all on at the USJ when they were there in the, like, the first, like, big arc of the series after the opening one. This doesn't make sense. What's happening? They exclaim that the unforeseen simulation joint is giving us simulations we didn't see coming. Um, which was, uh, I'm not a big fan of puns or wordplay I feel in like this wordplay so, probably worked like better it. in the original Japanese. That could very that's, well be that's true. That's been a thing that I, like, like a lot of times the wordplay, it doesn't necessarily translate always super well. So that might have been clever in the original Japanese. And I, I do feel like... It should be given that benefit of the doubt, but it doesn't work in English well. Well, Kaminari and uh, Mineta, of course, start rushing to Melissa's aid. Um, They're quickly face grabbed, like to the point where Mineta's eyeballs are like squeezing themselves through the fingers um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of Bakugo, who just grabs them, insults them, calling uh, Kaminari Dunt's face and Mineta ball boy and just yeets them at problems just throws them and he's just like hey stop stuff yep uh <laughs> which is just interesting problem solving from bakugo yeah yeah it's it's like okay are they gonna stop their own descent from the ceiling what's happening um so then kirishima just just goes up and he starts punching the ground which somehow gets midoriya out i guess what i guess whatever was causing the whirlpool was 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 in the it was like, the yeah, pump. I guess it was there, which I guess could work if the pump was there. Uh, and then Midoriya gets out. He's just like, thank you. This this is terrible. Um, and then all of a sudden, just just literally rocks, just literally rocks shooting out with some fire. Or is that dirt? I can't tell. The art's kind of not the best right here, but it just at yeah, Melissa. It's and dirt. it's just like, cool. What's happening? Yep. So Deku has to go into hero mode, snatches her up. She asks about Hatsume. 
um, who is n- not a great distance away, but is quartered away from Midoriya and Bak- or, and uh, and Melissa, and she's eyeballing her pile of babies, which that sounds terrible. But if you're <laughs> paying attention to the way that she <laughs> the way that she speaks, it makes some sense. And she starts running uh, over towards uh, all of that support gear, uh, much to the sh- the disappointment and shock of Melissa Shields. Uh, but she jumps on top of the babies. Uh, and she specifically seems to be not scooping them all up, but digging through the pile, meticulously looking for one. Uh, and Deku does manage to uh, start moving in the general direction, but he realizes that he's not going to make it in not time. Not only is he not going to make it in time, he's not using his lightning, which means he's just normal running. Just yep. normal running. Um, and then Melissa takes out kind of like her, her little watch thing. And this is the other kind of very subtle reference to the movie as the she kind of like hits a button on her, her wrist gauntlet and sends out this basically like Aizawa-esque whip, but is very much in the, yeah. the visual design of it is like the other equipment we, like the other um, uh, like expanding equipment we saw that she had made in uh, Two Heroes uh, and uses that to grab May and pull her to safety. And it's like, cool. So you like, I mean, I get it. This piece of technology she clearly brought with her um, from what I have to imagine is a given the fact that she has probably access to at least some of her father's equipment, um, a, a more advanced facility than UA. Uh, yeah. So, like, I get why she couldn't make something of that particular caliber. I get it. Yeah. Uh, even at a school as prestigious as UA. Now, if they were at an actual firm, I believe she probably could have made something comparable. But yeah, so it's like, cool. That's really cool. I'm now reminded of this stuff and like, why couldn't we have had something like that? There is, there's some frustrating inconsistencies and stuff like that. That makes sense narratively, like for the, in the service of the story. Um, I, like I said, I, it makes some sense that Deku doesn't have the super punchy gloves mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Um, anymore. It was a fun little thing for the movie that you're like, Oh, that's what a hundred percent might look like. Um, as far as, uh, strength capability is concerned, but we won't see that again for, a long, long time, even though canonically, if if the movies are to be considered so, uh, then there is a way that we could see that. A very easy so, way, apparently. So speak, um, and, speaking yeah. of the movie's canon and stuff like that, there is, it's debatable whether the first movie's canon to the anime universe. Because, well, yeah. If I remember correctly, there is an episode that tees up the first movie. Like the end of one episode. Yes. Which means, it's like how Dragon Ball Z and just all the Dragon Ball stuff. There is the anime's continuity there's the movie's continuity and then there's the manga's continuity and if they're if you're talking about these things as venn diagrams there is overlap um and that overlap tends to frustrate and confuse things more than it does anything once again two heroes that opening scene is canon to everything yep but uh the usj seems to have calmed down all might does uh place the blame on uh, Melissa and May. Um, but again, like think, like you said, there should have been some, uh, not just supervision, but intervention on his and, part. And um, also maybe, maybe more safety diagrams or, or safety messages or something. Because the fact that we haven't seen them means that it's potential that they simply don't have them. In which case, that is yes. a... I don't know what Japan's version of OSHA is, but these are OSHA violations. <laughs> Yeah, we've talked about that a lot on the AMP, like OSHA must not exist in this world. <laughs> but uh, we do look over and May did manage to snatch one thing out of uh, the pile of babies. 
uh, and she's relieved that it's in one piece, and it's a costume that Melissa had made. Uh, and May explains, well, you know, yeah, it's it's your baby, and it's kind of awesome. So on that note, uh, you know, what what kind of stuff went into it? She's now she's curious about uh, Melissa Shields. Uh, process and, and the work that she's able to do with materials. And so they get into the little like giddy chatter about uh, about support items again, which is really cool. That's the thing that they have in common. Uh, that's the thing. Instead of having uncommon grounds in their approach, now we're starting to see uh, them, them overlap, just like All Might was hoping that they would. Uh, and so Melissa ends up explaining that she's prepared to give more consideration to May's development process as well. And so they're they're gonna team up, one might say. Yes, they're they're gonna tum. <laughs> they're gonna tum, as Luke would say. Oh my goodness! Yes, uh, right yes, he now. would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we get uh, the the very end of this is uh, May talking about how she really wants to to work with professional heroes, and she's looking forward to having more chances to create um, original items alongside uh, with May and. Uh, with that out of the way, they say, let's go back to testing. Hey, everything's fine. Let's start putting Deku back into uh, the babies all over again. And we we have a funny little text bubble with Deku's uh, face sketched in the bottom where he's just like, after all that, really? And I'm like, after all that, what can you even do in this building anymore? Uh, and why isn't the adult in the room being like, uh, no, like we, it's time to go back to the school and, and you guys are done uh, treating Midoriya like a, a, a crash test dummy for a little while. So, so there are a couple things that as we bring this, this chapter to a close, I had the realization of. Um, one, uh, what happened? Are, are Kirishima, or not Kirishima, are Kaminari and Mineta, are they dead? Because we don't see them. They we certainly don't, we don't are see gone. Them again. Um, Bakugo <laughs> threw them away for them to do stuff, and then um, he didn't do anything uh, nope. himself. So he's just not there either. Um, and three is it's like it's it, we get a comment from May that she's used to dealing with like actual heroes and their requests to the point where I'm like, if if you're if you're dealing with professionals on any level already, why are you working with a first year student from a different country? Yep. Again, the the setup for this doesn't make all of the sense. And uh but that's that's what uh th that's where chapter three ends and we are gonna jump right into the first of three one shots um that came to us from various uh different places uh and as uh Mark said uh, have been collected for our convenience into this first volume. The first one is called Who's Prince Charming and it features Fat Gum, uh Momo, Ida, and Amajiki. It was this. I thought that this was a cool pairing. It makes a lot of sense too, and I think Momo even verbally says this that um, she and Amajiki have some overlap. Mm -hmm. And so, but I would say too that her and Fatgum do too. Like she's with heroes what have to eat in order to do their stuff, um, and that makes that yeah, that part of the team say, up makes. And even a ton Ida, of sense. he has to. Was it orange juice? Yeah, um, orange I'll juice. say that the, this particular uh, bonus chapter uh, was a one shot from Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, the and we do start with the color page, which it, it I've seen this one in color. It looks really good. This one works better in black and white than the other one did, because <laughs> it, mm. it's just more. Di it's is, more dynamic. I can't remember. Is Midoriya even he in this chapter? What's he he isn't. He's page? there for brand recognition, and part of the reason why, even if I don't really like this chapter as much, um, I was I. It is so refreshing to not have Midoriya around. Yeah. 
I agree. It's just strange that they would have put him on oh, this. That's like that's the whole thing. That's the brand recognition. Is, let's go that's see brand recognition. Yeah, let's go see what other people are doing. We don't need to slap Midoriya into into every story. So he's not in the story, but he is on no, the no, splash I mean, page. Midoriya, he has to be in every story. He has to be in everything except for Vigilantes, Ugh. which might be the reason why Vigilantes. <laughs> Is the best. Ended. Is the best. Is, oh. No, I was laughing because I was like, <laughs> that's "Wow, funny. that's a lot of shade at this franchise I love." Yeah, but, yeah, uh... it really is. <laughs> we start this one off in a group that is referred to as the Octo Lovers, which I thought was one heck of a choice. Uh, is, I swear, some of them, uh, like there, there's the one, the, the female, like the I think woman was there, and I'm like, "Is that an Octoling from Splatoon?" That is so close to being a uh, Octoling for Splatoon. And I kind yeah, of yeah. And to her that. left, to her left, there's an ammonite and like a a cedra. Oh my god, you're right. Uh, in that bottom, I didn't notice panel. the seed or the yeah, I didn't notice the cedra. <laughs> well, a bunch of heroes have been dispatched to quell this riot, uh, and in the the hullabaloo, uh, a young lady finds herself, uh, I guess, presumably separated from her parents. I hope she wasn't there by herself. And she's screaming for help. She's fallen down and the Octo lovers. I'm going to hate saying that every time that I do. So I'm going to try not to. But uh, she is saved. A man interposes himself between her and the attacker. Uh, and she says, wow, so dashing. And so the conceit of this chapter is she is on a mission to find that dashing hero. And she goes to Fatgum's agency. First. Yes. And we get to see Fatgum's agency. And I have to say, this is, I didn't. I don't know. I, I mean, I knew Fatcom had an agency, and I knew he, he's not a small-named hero, but he's not, like, the biggest name. In fact, he, he's somebody who typic- who has a history of working with the police, so he, he kind of had a very much like a, I work out of this office building, I'm barely there kind of deal. So to hit, right. for him to have, like, this kind of a setup, I'm like, it's cool and all. I just, I just call shenanigans. Um, right. But uh, but we get inside and we see who we're dealing with, um, and we have Ida and Yayorozu show up, and I do like how they handle Ida doing his bow. It's a very, very good way of on-panel handling it, where he's like he's up right. and then he's like as you look across the page and he's finished what he's saying, um, the war bubble kind of points you down to where he's bowing, and I really like that flow. I suspect that he's here too, just to Ida. be. Yeah, just to be Ida around Amajiki, just to be dialed up to 11 Ida around Mr. Mopey Man. Yep. You know, <laughs> because Momo and Ida do nothing in this chapter. They do absolutely nothing. Yeah, and we, um, even, get, we even get a little kind of bit silly. of a wrong, I mean, it's not a wrong explanation, but it's a wrong explanation of Yayorozu's powers. Um, yeah. Uh, but that it's really more of a technicality kind of thing of how it's described. But yeah, we get the we get the introductions. In fact, I'm just pretty much just like you know, like oh, like these are your underclassmen, like right? Uh, it's a sun eater, and he's just like, yes, they're vastly superior to me though. And he's just like, you got you gotta stop this, buddy. You gotta stop being down on yourself. And I, and, <laughs> he needs some positive yes, self. And their dynamic, the writing for these two, is perfect. It is exactly. It is it is exactly like it is in the main series. Their dynamic, uh, the writer has that down completely, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that because I haven't felt like we've had consistent character writing so far in this series. Um, yeah, and it is just like like he's he's all proper. He's like, should I put my stuff down? And it's like, oh, I should put my stuff on. Okay, cool. Um, and as I just I'm just realizing that uh, 
Fatcom is just in a giant open room with a with a large table uh, and a large chair eating food. And I'm like, is your office just basically empty? What's happening? Yeah, his office is basically a dining room, which, which would make some sense. A dining room with like two tables. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ida's excited to, to get involved, um, but Fatgum's like, well, we can't do anything on an empty stomach, so start stuffing your face. Uh, Ida, again, is just like, does our team-up mission involve combat? And <laughs> Fatgum's response is a whole, a man's whole life is a battle. <laughs> so he just overgeneralizes in a really silly way. Uh, but Amajiki gets that Fatgum is just messing with yes, him. Yes, yes. And I, I love it. Because the thing is, is like I could see him saying that to Kirishima and both being serious and messing with him. But the fact that the fact that it's and he's just like no he's just straight up messing with him already i can't believe this uh That's i'm right. like, I'm he, like knows. he knows there's a reason why i like you fat gum yeah and fat gum does he not know what these two students' powers um, are even though they've been assigned to him because he's sh- he makes the comment that he likes to see a girl with an appetite I and then, get the I get like, the yeah, impre- has to go I get the impression from what some of the other ones that no they don't they're not briefed they're just hey these people will be showing up because if you remember um, hmm. Mirko was just like oh yeah you guys are here I guess all right they said some people were going to be sent out so yeah. I'm not even sure if they know their names they just know hey you're getting X many students from Y school which which yeah. once again that- like. I mean, if you're trying to not be shady about this whole program, I, I don't know, maybe some amount of communication with, with your with your staff and the people who are part of it, you know, would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, she explains what her quirk is. He explains a little bit about his, mostly just that it's fat absorption. Yes. It doesn't really get and into the details. Yeah, your rose who goes into the details and she's like, oh, it's, you know, create stuff with fat. It's like, mm, no, you use lipids, which is not the it's Venn diagram kind of situation. Um, yeah, but it, yeah. it's just like, I, I get you're generalizing it, but, but why you go, you do everybody else's as specific as they normally are, except for hers, just so right. that you can make the comparison because it's kind of a stretch. Um, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Ida, we do, we have good art with Ida's hands, which I, it occurs to me reading the main series. I haven't seen in ages. Oh, like how Ida, like his hands all over the place. Like I haven't seen a moment where Ida's just being Ida in ages. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's very well and very intentionally depicted in uh, in still images in this particular chapter, as you've noted before. Yes, Um, and then we we get kind of more of a. A fact of being like your your upperclassman here is uh plenty used to this kind of work. He's like right, and Tamaki's just like you, you got to stop, buddy. Like please, I don't want to be a leader. I just just leave me alone. Yeah, Ida is being um, deferent here because he does introduce himself as Class One A's president, but he doesn't automatically assume that's going to make him the leader of this particular team. Um, and that's where Fatgum more or less elects Amajiki to that office, and Ida agrees like he's just like uh yeah like he's he's one of ua's big three he should absolutely be leading uh the students in this team. and obviously he's like please no please please no yeah, even momo piles in on it too she's like yeah totally <laughs> we're counting on you leader and she's piling yeah on. <laughs> and, ne- and neither of them have actually they at this point they've met him but as far as what he can do they only know by reputation right um because he sat out the well i mean all of so the fighting and all that. 
Yeah. Um, but she, but you got to see hers on display during the, um, during the like beauty show, you know? Oh, um, so yeah. They, they might've had the opportunity to yeah, see her. Yeah, that's a good point. But Amajiki has not done anything that I'm, that I can think of uh, off the top not, of my head in front of anybody, but maybe Kirishima. Uh, it's a Kirishima. Um, there's a argument that could be made for Midoriya and some of the, and some of the mm. others who were at at yes. the Shia Hisai yes. they, they might have yeah. seen, obviously not him fighting, but they might have seen him like using his powers. Um, yeah. But yeah, none of, cause yeah, none of them were there or none of these ones were there. Um, but yes, they, they, they're finishing their food. And then we have our, our token child of the, of the volume show up. Does she even get a name? Oh my God. Does she not have a I name? Don't... I don't, I don't remember, remember her getting her a name. name. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's not on this first page, which is where you think it would be as she's introduced oh. and whatnot. Uh, that well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, and Fatcom's like, oh, like here comes a request. Like he he picks up and he's like, oh, like wait, are are you lost? Which is good. He's immediately like, oh hey child, are you coming in by themselves? Are you lost? Because because it never occurred to me. It's like. No, if a kid gets lost from their parent, going to a hero agency is not a bad option. No, smart yeah. move. Um, so that's how, that's how he takes it, which is cool. This has probably happened to oh. him before. That's actually world building, and I like it. Yeah. Okay, she does get a name, because as she, uh, as she walks herself in and explains the situation that she's looking for the dashing hero that saved her, um, and that they couldn't possibly say no to someone this cute... Uh, she does go on to say, oops, I forgot to introduce myself. Her name is Hime, H-I-M-E. So I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, oh, there <laughs> it is, Poor Amajiki yeah. is getting himself a, uh, a stress ulcer. I just, I just uh, love in the background, it's like, stress ulcer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Ida's trying to figure out what is what does she remember about this person that they're about to go all over town for? And she's like, I don't know his name. Only saw him for a second. But I'd I'd remember his face if I saw it. He was dashing kind of like a prince. Um, and there's some confusion over royalty from Ida, which I thought was a little strange. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good point. Huh. Uh, but I will say the silhouette is a is a legitimately nice piece of foreshadowing because it is it is pretty close to who it's going to end up being. Um, yeah. Uh, but yes, then we get a uh, sunny. There's like uh, like there are plenty of heroes around besides, you know, back up and myself like we could go around to you know other agencies that were involved in the incident um because we get the based on that it seems like other agencies that were involved which tells me that they were also responding to the incident at least based mm -hmm. on that particular word choice yes but they are pretty sure that the person that they're looking for isn't among them because she hasn't spotted him at their agency so they 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 have ruled all of themselves out and begin uh, pound around to all these other ones who had been dispatched. Uh, they end up bumping into Todoroki, Naniwa uh, Hero Office, Naniwa, and it's just mm -hmm. it's just a an office building that has a, a billboard. We don't yeah. ever find out the actual hero at this agency. Yeah, it's just yeah no these guys were just sent out and you know who they end up teaming up with 
their own class. And I'm like, what was yep. even for this specific instance? What was even the point? Uh, but yes, they see Shoto there, um, and he and she's just like, like a real life prince, wowzies! And and he's just like, like yeah, yeah, Irozu, like sunnier too, like what's going on? And he says that he wishes he could be more help, but obviously he's not that person. He doesn't know who else might be or might have seen this person. But he does say that there was someone else on his team that should be asked, and it's Mineta. Uh, and I love Yayorozu's response to this. She's like, I suppose we still need to ask. Like, she is not thrilled with the prospect of having to interact with Mineta. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's like, the as if, like, I, is that coming from Ida? Or is that? Uh, no, I think that that's coming from the girl. I think no, it's I Ida saying, I... um, "Was he the prince too?" I, I know, but I can. I the just... girl is just like, "Heck!" No. I mean, I know it's coming from her, but I also like to imagine Ida being like, "As if," just as like he's like he's so I aware do... of just who Mineta is. It's like, no, it's not him. <laughs> yeah, I do like Amajiki apologizes to Mineta. Uh, that tells you a little bit uh, about his character. He he says that he apologizes for them being Cause, rude. Because honestly, and... they are being rude. Like he's at the agency. He's at. He heard people calling from. Him, he's like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, "Hey, what's up, guys? What yeah. did you need?" And then they're just insulting him. And it's like, "I've done nothing wrong. Out of their I way just not show, to I, I, I came when you called me. Why am I being insulted?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's frustrated that, of course, Todoroki always gets the chicks, uh, and poor Mineta never gets any action uh, on that particular like, front. I'm not sure what that implies. Yeah, he's so clueless on the girl front, he, isn't he? That, he's that's... clueless on interpersonal and almost in general, unless it's unless yeah. it has to do with his family. In which case, he is a thousand percent aware of everything. We get. As we turn the page, they leave uh, that uh, the Naniwa office uh, to start hoofing, and we do get kind of a bit of a montage page. I love the detail that Fat Gum is carrying Hime mm -hmm. around because she has tiny little legs, and it would be a lot more work. Uh, but they check out Aoyama, who gets disqualified. I, I love, Ojiro. I love the for Aoyama when she's like no to him. Like it's such yeah, a she, cute panel. She exism, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ojiro gets, uh, he gets looked over. They stop for another meal because of course they do. Uh, they, it looks like I can't tell, I can't recognize anybody in the middle. Yeah, panel. I don't. Um, I was hoping that it was the number 222 ranked hero manual, but, uh, no, he's not in this and that bumps me no. out. Um, yeah. And then we see that they've crossed off a bunch of names. Um, uh, also, it's just such a weird panel of Ida. Ida's just head and arm like they're leaving an agency. I'm like, what a strange angle to draw that. Um, and then yeah. they, we see that they're, they're kind of like in a, a big kind of fest, like a center area, kind of like a main street. Um, and they're like, oh, he's nowhere to be found. And Sunny's like, still in the look, find this guy. What now? Um, and then, it, yeah, Rose is like, how about a break? And just makes a chair. And I'm like, you are in the, what are, are you going to carry this chair around with you? You can't get rid of it. You can't put it back. You've created what, what? She's, I mean, what are you yeah, going to do with this I mean, chair now? <laughs> and she had, you remember when they were coming up with disguises? Um, oh yeah. Well, she and, wanted and to buy stuff. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but she but she also was like, well, if I just use my quirk to do all this stuff, it would mess with the economy. And here she is just randomly creating street chairs. Yeah, and it's not yeah. Yeah, it's not even like, you know what? For my own house, I'm going to create this nice chair I thought of or something. 
No, this is yeah. you've created a chair and you've put it in the literal middle of the street. Well, you know what she should have done? She should have made a bench and and placed it somewhere appropriately on and the sidewalk. You, that would have been much more yeah, wise. And then shop owner would be like, cool, free bench. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless they're like, I don't want people sleeping in front of my shop, but nah. what are you gonna do? She could she could create some of those dumb like you know armrest they they're no no i don't see i don't see her doing that i see her being like i've yeah, made this bench the, the, yeah the anti-homeless measures yeah. on on those things no, I mean, are, it looks like some of those are restaurants so it's like oh okay cool we'll have a little outside place for people to eat and then we'll just take yeah. the bench inside in the evening but it's strange too that uh Hime is complaining about her legs hurting when like Hakim has been carrying point. her uh, so I thought that, that was strange, um, but she's frustrated that they haven't found this prince yet. Uh, and Amajiki had promised that she'd get to see him. And so he, this is where, oh my gosh, I love the Ida face drawing in these, uh, the word bubbles at the bottom so of this good. page. They're it's so, so good. Because it's so him. There was one that Betancourt used for Aizawa in Vigilantes that I I want to practice drawings oh. and just doodle oh, it on I everything. I think I know which one you're talking about. It's so simple, but it's so stinking good. I think it's just his eyeballs, and and but if you know, then you know, yeah, and it would it, be fun to just doodle eyeballs, that on random places. But they were places. irritated. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I, think I know easy. which ones you're talking about. Yeah, similar kind of style to the one that Ida's uh, has. You here. can only do but it he... with a character who has a very defined face, though. Which, which is That's what we right. have with an Aizawa or an Ida. Or an Ida with his square glasses and his ridiculous eyebrows that we very rarely talk about. Also the fact that his mouth is often. almost always square or rectangle. <laughs> That's true. I never noticed that. That's pretty funny. Um, but Ida comes to Amajiki's defense saying, this is one of the top students at the school I go to. Uh, and the, the her request is in good hands and Amajiki is just not taking any of this very well um it's just like thanks that's what i really needed the extra pressure right and he's now he's beginning to heat the praise on to ida he says ida tackles everything so earnestly but he's still super approachable and uh momo's always thoughtful and carries herself with grace and you guys are so radiant compared to my gloomy self yeah um and then it's like uh then she's then we kind of cut to you know fatcom having picked her back up and She's like, like, hey, like, you know, uh, Fakum, like, why, why is, like, Tamaki never smile? Like, he's always being negative and stuff. Like, is he, like, chicken-hearted? And, and Sunny's like, like, no. He, she, he makes it yeah. worse. He's like, no, no, no. It's worse. Uh, he's flea-hearted. flea-hearted. I've never he, heard and, that. I meant and to and look up and see like, if that's actually he's a phrase. Like, at two. Uh, now, <laughs> too flea-hearted, I haven't heard of it before. It may be, like, um... I, I don't know. It could be a translation from like a literal translation from the Japanese where it's more of a idiom over there. I would just assume, I mean, my, my initial read on it was just that it's a, it's about scale. She called him chicken hearted. Chickens don't have very large hearts, at least not oh. relative to ours. Um, and so what would have a small, like a ridiculously smaller heart, possibly a flea. Uh, I think that that's what it meant, but I did, I did mean to look it up and see if anybody is actually said that phrase before in the entire history of the internet. Uh, and then Fakum's about to, like, you know, having talked him down, talk, be like, I've brought him down so I can talk him way up. 
and yeah. then and then a, a thing happens as Zeta's like, you know, on the next street, like uh, the next agency, everybody, it's nearby. And then and then we have Monoma. Everybody's, everybody's favorite. I'm I'm hearing it. Everybody's you're, you're exuding love everybody's for this character. Everybody's favorite Monoma. Um <laughs> who's 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 going full Monoma because because there aren't people to restrain him. Because yep. for some reason he was sent without a single other member of his class, which he should never be without. Because they they can stop him. Yeah, specifically Kendo more often than anything. But, yes. Uh, though Tetsu, 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 Tetsu occasionally will be like, okay, you're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh and it he's like this. I don't think he's like this all the time. I think he's like this specifically towards yes, 1A. Exactly. Kids. Well, he, he goes he goes the extra mile for the 1A kids. But I get the impression right. he's always But he's also intense. teamed up with two of them. Yeah, and one <laughs> so of them is he's Bakugo. just like on like this all the time. And he's just like, oh, you class 1A goons have come crawling to me. Uh, what could you? What could this possibly be about? And then Ida's just like, I must announce that you are Monoma of class B. Oh, and you are yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaminari and you are Bakugo. Like, Thanks. Are you three teamed Thanks, up? Ida. And Kaminari yeah. is just like, yeah, like we're teamed up. Uh, already, you know, handling a bunch, and we see their their I guess their pro hero back there who we never no get idea. a name. He's like, we nope. want to make the most generic looking pro hero, and he just stands back and lets all of this happen. I'm pretty sure he disappears from this. Like that's his one appearance in this story. That is his one appearance right. in this story. Having, I will say too, um, you had mentioned missing the wild gesticulations of Ida. I like Monoma's gesticulating as well. Like it's very oh, well yeah. animated in this particular panel. He's like bent backwards impossibly. Yes. Like <laughs> it's great. The way that he, uh, Yarashi uh, did a, uh, stuff like this a lot too. Usually deferentially like forward bowing forward, but Monoma is always contorting himself in, in like wild Ways. Full crazy. He's not a supervillain, but he could easily. But if you didn't know he wasn't, you would think he was. Kind of poses. Yeah. Um. And just then the then the face to face clash with the like his his version of crazy eyes versus Bakugo's crazy eyes is I'm, I'm like a no no show us this fight do it yeah do it do it you won't uh but just, I like oh, too that so uh as. Kaminari explains that two of us don't exactly get along. That instead of any kind of facial sketch, he just gets a little bolt in the bottom of his, yeah, uh, like on his hair. I thought that yep. was great. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh man, it took me forever to realize, um, that he had a lightning bolt and that Jiro, uh, has like sound waves yep. in her hair. <laughs> I totally overlooked those details for oh, an embarrassingly oh, the long amount. Sound of time. waves one? I think I really only noticed so um the the chapter or the when they had the the finals like uh -huh. so with her and Coda versus Present Mike uh yeah. because like in in the manga version it's the best showing of sound powers ever like the 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 panels themselves are like like waving and breaking apart from the sound and it was during yeah. that where I believe Luke pointed that out to me he's like wait a minute are her hair like is her hair a sound thing? Yeah, and I was like, oh it's, my god! It's such a great, uh oh, it's such a great touch. Uh, but yeah, and it is fun to not realize that immediately, but to for it to be 
a surprise like that later on, I think was fun, you know? It's good character design. Uh, yeah, it really is. It's subtle. Um, it's it's much more obvious in Kaminari's hair, um, but Jiro's is very very subtle. Yeah, and then so we get we get them kind of you know facing off, and and it is just like, I I see, and and Yair's like, yes, as they're both like, yeah, yeah, like they're both like this <laughs> this 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 is typical. Um, and then Sun Eater asks uh, Hime's this them, and then we get Bakugo scary, we get. Uh, Monoma's annoying, correct. Um, and Kaminari flaky, uh, which is correct, but I don't know what about this situation would have given uh, yeah. her that impression. I don't know how she arrived as, at that. As, as they showed up, because we see him there being like, oh my god, like, Monoma, you gotta stop. And then he saw everybody else show up, and he was just like, hey, here's everything, here's what's going on, guys, sorry about this. And he's just like, but this, this you know, this is happening. And, it, <laughs> um, and then she's like, he's flaky, and I'm like, what about Nothing about he has been the most helpful person in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, really. What about this is and like, he, and he he continues to be yes. useful. And I'm just I'm like, I don't know. This this is one of those instances where of in this this franchise where we are told something and we are shown something and they do not match, but we we are expected yep. to go with what we're told, even if it's not what we we've you know literally had drawn on panel. Yeah, Hime does, though, uh, while she does categorically rule all three of these boys specifically out, she does note that all three of them have something in common that seems to remind her uh, of her prince. Um, and <laughs> Ida thinks that he knows what it is. He's like, of course, they're both talented, um, which, again, is just Ida being Ida. He's he's so eager all the time. <laughs> Uh, but it's Kaminari who points out that the only thing that they have in common, really, especially that she could possibly know, uh, outside of him being flaky, apparently, is that they all have blonde hair. Yes, uh, I do. I do have to point out the the shade that Ida has has thrown because even like Bakugo just very casually turns him. He's like, "You're not including Dunn's face in this, right?" And it, it, right. he's like, "Oh, of course not." <laughs> He's like hardly, yeah, but and I was he, just like, I was like, I, I, I genuinely like that, that he was like, just to make sure we're on the same, we're not talking about him, right? Okay, good. <laughs> and it is, it's interesting though, Ida sets himself up for that burn because she says all three of these guys yes. remind me of my prince. He only names Bakugo and Monoma. Um, and so <laughs> he's totally putting Kaminari out uh, to yes. dry. <laughs> that said, it was a solid burn. Bakugo. Bakugo took the bait to help set up the 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 finisher and and that was a piece of genuine genuine team up work in this in in what we've recorded so far today. Yeah, we finally yeah. had him like we genuinely cuz the first one had really no teaming up. It was the fact that they didn't team up. Um and then like right. uh Melissa saved Hatsume. That's not a team up. This is this has been the genuine. This burn is the genuine first team up anything we've actually had this recording. It, it was a good combo move uh, between uh, Ida and, and Bakugo, who is a, a, a prince of consistency because he called Kaminari Dunceface in the last chapter. I mean, that's just when his, he yeeted him at the. That's ESJ. just his nickname for him because he he has yeah, nicknames yeah. for everybody. Um, and the only people like he doesn't really call by them is sometimes Kirishima. 
Yeah, I just like that the writers grabbed a hold of that and they didn't have him call him something else. No, in this no that's, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, Kaminari does point out it's the blonde haired thing. He may um, says that, yes, that is true. And so now they have a little bit more detail besides somebody who's dashing looking what is a hero. Uh, and so they are off to other agencies looking for blonde haired heroes. <laughs> yep. And I just it's like they, they leave. And then uh, just, it's, yeah, Madama and, and Bakugo get back into fighting where uh, Kaminari's just in the background like, oh my god. <laughs> I love, though, that he may throw some shade at Bakugo and Madama yes. on her way out, too. Yes. She's like, bye-bye, you BFFs, <laughs> knowing full well that they hate each other's guts because it has been explained to her. It's like, no, this is this is not a their friends thing. This is a, if, if they could kill each other, that, that, that might be on the table. Yeah, that's true. So she's riding piggyback on uh, Ingenium on Ida, who says that he's not a passenger vehicle, I, but he surely is playing the part I, of I one. Get the, I get right the impression he was cool with it until she started saying that, and he's like, I'm no longer mush? cool with this. Yeah, I th- yeah, he was cool with it until she used the word mush, as if he was a sled dog. Maybe that was the Yeah, and at which point he was like, no, no. <laughs> uh, but... Amajiki holds up because he's like, we've been everywhere and we've seen everybody who was on the scene and you haven't identified him. And so she's worried that she'll never see his prince again. Uh, and they're, they're conferring the heroes are about who it is that, um, that something that she might've forgotten about mm-hmm. this guy that might further narrow the field. And she's like, I told you everything that I know it wasn't any of those guys. They weren't the hero that I'm looking for. And so they're worried about having overlooked somebody. Uh, Momo's trying to appease her with uh, one of her little uh, Russian yeah, nesting dolls, doll. which uh, I meant, yeah, I meant to point that out earlier. I love that. That's like her, her default thing to create. Um, when she was explaining her quirk to yep. fat gum, she was also creating some, which is really yep. cool. And I, it's, it's what, it's one of those things where, no, that's a consistent thing from the main series. She can make these yep. without like, she's, these were like one of the first things she could, she could make properly. She's been making these since she was a toddler. She's very, very good at Matryoshka dolls. That's right. Um, but they, they kind of reached this odd conclusion. I, I, I don't know. I guess, this is Amajiki thinking out loud that the hero must have been an octopus villain at the scene, but then he has that moment of clarity uh, and he says, don't worry, we'll find him. And this is where like it's that, that phrasing or that statement seems to have confused Ida and Momo um, because he's promising something that he, like he just two or three pages ago or panels ago, rather was like, well, we've seen everybody and you haven't noticed him, but he's he's made this turn. It's, and it is I was going to say, it's not even that. It's the Go fact ahead. that he's been so passive with all of this that now he is, I think what's catching them off guard is the fact that instead of staying away, like before it's him being cynical and saying mm. stuff, this is him being like, no, getting down on her level directly, not being like, you know, stressing, moping, moping off to the stressing side. himself off. Being yeah. negative. He's gone up to her. He gone down to her level and been genuinely reassuring to her when she's seeing her that's upset. A good catch. And I think that's what's catching them off guard is they're like, Oh wow. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes way, way a lot of sense. Uh, and this is the point in time where, uh, for the narrative's convenience, 
the Octo Lover Gang attacks. Yes, and I, I do like the fact that he's looking. He's looking at her, and then he just he just kind of senses there's a thing coming up behind him, and he he jumps out of the way. Um, and given kind of his physical location, he has jumped out of the way. Um, but and then we, yeah, we get confirmation next panel. Jumped out of the way while still putting himself between uh, Hime mm-hmm. and whatever has attacked him, which is which is yep. once again. A, one of the big three. He's actually had hero training, unlike the one A and one B students. You can't convince me otherwise. We've never actually seen them in a hero class, other than like the the, the every time they've had him fight each other. Um, he's had as actual training, and it's it, yeah. And then from there, everybody's like, "What's now?" And then yes, all of the octopus guy gang shows up. At which point, I'm like, "Did the heroes let them all get away? Did mm-hmm. what?" You had how many heroes at this this thing, and every single one of these guys got away. Now, the students, like Bakugo wasn't there, for instance, um, at that point, I'm pretty sure. At the, you mean at the scene of the yeah. Octolover gang? God, I got, I got. Like, I, I can't. I hate saying I can't, that. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine that. that the other 1A and 1B students were there at that point, because I can't believe Bakugo would let this many get away. Well, and the timing is, well, the timing is suspicious, assuming that all of Class 1A and 1B got their assignments simultaneously, because we know that um, Ida and Momo weren't on the scene, and they are with Fatgum, who was. That's a good point. Some of the others might have gotten, um, might have, like, had assignments and, like, been there already. Like, yeah, we've been assigned to this agency for the last two weeks, whereas these guys just showed up. That's Yeah, that's a good point I hadn't considered, actually. but yes, the the fight begins as it's like they realize, oh, these are the leftovers from all of that, and I'm like, if these are the leftovers. It's 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 really interesting that these are all the people we saw leading the attack. I guess that means they did yeah. get quite a bit, but this is still a lot of them. Also, guys, maybe not the smartest move to to like come back to the place where you all got got like same day, <laughs> uh, or, or later that day, but um. Sun Eater. Yeah, everybody from that first panel is yep. here. You got Hammerhead Dude, Ammonite, Cedra, the lady from Splatoon. Yep. Did they arrest anybody? I, I guess they arrested all of the others we didn't see. Because they, they, the implication of these are the leftovers. That they got that they some got of them. they got a yeah. lot of them. Because it's like, oh, yeah. like if, let's say if they got like three or four of them, you wouldn't say these are the leftovers. You'd be... That's yeah, true. which means that there is quite a bit of them. Um, but Sun Eater is like, yep, nope. He puts himself right dead center in front of everybody, just instinctively, like as Yayorozu, very, very smartly, uh, like moves Hime back. Um, and I, I yeah. this was kind of like a Momo moment for Amajiki yes. too. Um, for and when I say Momo moment, it, not only is it fun to say Momo moment, true. but uh, I'm referring specifically to when she really stepped up when she and Todoroki were squaring off against Aizawa. Okay, okay. And she just really learned to to take charge um, and be be productive. And and he does just that. Like, it's like a, a switch has flipped uh, in the presence of danger and in the, uh, the it, out of need. And he's he immediately turns into the leader that he was elected to be, even though he was very much... Uh, not a fan of that particular uh, that particular responsibility. So he tells Ida to lead the civilians to safety, and uh, because that's what his quirk 
would would be best suited to here. Um, and he does the same thing with Momo, understands what her quirk is and says, hey, I'm going to need something to shield me from these guys' ink, which also, I think, implies or maybe even explicitly states that he was definitely at the scene uh, when they fought last because they don't come out blasting ink out of this alleyway. He's had prior experience with their. Yes. I mean, he is, uh, I mean, this, this is his, his like, you know, work study thing. So there are times where he's not in main part of school. So like he was just at the agency when all this happened. So he was absolutely on the scene. Um, Mm -hmm. so they, they know that whatever's in this guy, their ink, it's not good. Um, and he does, he doesn't want to get, any of it on him um but yeah no it's it's this it's we are now in a combat mode i am now completely present and ready to fight um so yaya rosu does that uh as ida just disappears sir i've disappeared from this story um as we don't even see him run off um (laughs) and uh at this point he yells to fat gum is like you know try to absorb as many of their attacks is the come you know that come your way he's like oh yeah sure thing i got this (laughs) <laughs> it's like you didn't even really need to tell me um and then uh Hima's just thinking back and it's like oh wow like is this really the same guy as as we see him just just going beast mode which is i occurs to me as a pun um uh but yeah. uh was it like that negative side you know that negative side of him was it oh, who's saying this to him who's saying this to her is this back i'm saying this to Hima? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. the negative side helps uh, highlight the strengths of uh, the people around him. And, and since he's a pessimist, he's always ready with a plan for the worst case scenario. Um, and then Fatgum decides to grow three times his size. As look, <laughs> look at him compared to Sun Eater. Like, I know Sun Eater has yeah. dropped down, but you extrapolate that height, and Fatgum is not that much taller than him. And Fatgum super doesn't have this power to. Like yes, his his uh, quirk does a lot does involve like because because of the fat from skinny mode, he would get some height, but it's not like a I'm already in fat mode. I can just grow bigger, and I'm like, what's happening with the perspective? Right, man. Watching this fight too reminded me of the the Shie Hisaikai fight between him and some of the bullets. That was some of the best content from yes, that arc. Such a um, cool that fight. fight was so such a freaking cool good. fight with such a stupid name and metaphor. Uh, I did. Um, I also noticed too, and maybe for the first time, um, that a few pages ago when we see like a full shot, and I meant to scroll through and and double check this, but Amajiki is barefoot like all the time. Um, he's barefooted because of his mm-hmm. work, um, which I thought was pretty neat. I don't know that I've ever caught that particular detail, but it leapt out to me when I was reading this. I chapter. can't say I've really ever caught that either. Um, I guess maybe maybe I I kind of knew that, but yeah. Well, he doesn't do anything with his feet in this chapter, but he has been shown multiple oh, yeah. times to do the chicken foot thing. And so I, I mean, he literally doesn't transform his feet in this. He uses, he only transforms part of one of his hands. Uh, so it seemed like a, an odd thing for him to be barefoot if it wasn't something he just did all the time and the artists uh, kept that consistent. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so then we, we have the fighting starting where they all just kind of throw themselves at fat gum like i don't like i don't know a better way to describe that like that's just throwing themselves at fat gum and somehow somehow they they managed to hit him with enough stuff that he was forced backwards which knowing some stuff that fat gum has dealt with i call 
shenanigans. Um, but whatever, it's dramatic. And then, and then he's just like, you know, fat chance that'll work. He's Sun Eater. And it's like, okay. I mean, that's cool. This would be a great moment if it was animated. Here, you've covered up a lot of the cool parts with your word bubble. Yeah. And, and they kind of ruined it for me. The he's Sun Eater. Yep. It's right in the center, covering up really cool things. And I'm like, yep. Literally, the action is what is being yep. covered up. And it's which... the focal point. We've put it in the center. We we have a lot of action lines co- either coming towards it or from it. You've made this the focal point, and you've covered up all of the action. Yep. I will say, too, and I'm, I think I'm on record as sharing this sentiment. I don't like Sun Eater's hero name. I don't like it. Um, even the backstory, the weird explanation that they gave for it, I, was like, Man, I don't care for it. Him and Lemillion have terrible hero names. I think Sun Eater is a really cool name. I don't know if it necessarily makes sense for him to have it. For him. Like, yeah, that's, a, a that's fair. A hero named Sun that... Eater? That, yes, that, that sounds cool. Yes, I agree. I agree with, your, with, with that take 100%. For him, I don't like that hero name. And it did. They tried to give it this explanation. I just think that it fell flat and it just didn't it didn't work for me. I mean, it could speak to effectively uh, this universe's cultural thing where it's like they were just trying to come like, you know, the hero name thing, trying to come up with names and just like he they weren't working until eventually that was proposed. Everyone's like, Man, that's a pretty cool name. All the other ones have been kind of bad. Yeah. You know what? Go with the net for now. And if you figure something else out, we'll, we'll do that. And then they never did, which is a thing that was alluded to back when when they were talking, when everybody was picking out their hero names. It's like, you better pick a good one now because there's a real solid chance that you don't get to change it. But we all but we the teachers have to approve the name as well. So that this might be a result of that. That I could understand that We, we get a two-page spread of him. It looks like throwing them all up into the air so that uh, Fat Gum can one-punch them up into the air. Like, this sequence is strange, um, but it does make some sense, I guess, if you're trying to minimize damage, the best way to do it is to punch up instead of, like, out. Yeah, but it, it... It's it's the presentation. So this first two pages yeah. with uh, Sun Eater, they look awesome. Love it. Yep. Fantastic. I even like seeing um, Hime there being singing like, oh my god, and it looks like she's blushing a little bit. She's like, oh wow, like as they're like, the hero who's dark and powerful enough to devour the sun itself. It's like, oh, there's a much, there's a, di- there's a hero with very different powers that that name is so much better for. Um, because that, that is, <laughs> yeah. that is a good, like, in, like, hero intro right there. Um, uh, and then, the, you know, he's like, appreciate it, Sun Eater. And it's like, he's, he's, he's winding up to do a sure you can. And I'm like, yes, yes, do it, do it. And then, he he punches straight up, but because of it, it looks like it's down or maybe sideways. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what to say. It's it's a very confusing for the perspective of which way we're going. Where's yeah. where Fat Gum's punching? He's like now to take them all with one punch. Uh, cue the yeah, one punch. His punch makes it looks like joke. he punched them in sequence. Not that he had like one giant explosive punch that 
managed to blast them all out in a way. Yes, and then given what, because cause after this, we see that he's gone back down to um, uh, to you know his 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 you know low fat skinny mode, and all I can think of is, yeah. do these guys really warrant this specifically? Yeah, like you use that against the absolute best character from the Shihei Saikai arc, Rappa. Like, yep. that's how that's how you did that. And that was awesome. I feel insulted for Rappa that you use that here. Yeah, and, well, it's... I guess it's being consistent because we did talk about how, like, Bakugo and Deku both use some of their strongest maneuvers in this particular series that's as a well fair point. on somebody I mean, I, who... Definitely didn't yeah. call for it. They're just showcasing powers. At now, this point. I, I will grant if he managed to hit all of them with that single punch, and he wanted to make sure to maximize the amount of kinetic energy going to every single one of them. This would be a very effective way of doing that. Mm-hmm. But also, didn't he yeah. have to like build up a bunch of like take a lot of hits? Like it wasn't just yes. burning his fat; it was also it was like burning the fat that was storing the kinetic energy of all those hits. Yeah, they only like they got like one barrage in him. Now I guess he could have had some stuff stored up. I don't know how long that can last, but, but you know what? Maybe simply walking around builds that up. That's what we learned from May Hatsume or from uh from Melissa Shields equipment that that counts as damage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just the, the his heel striking the pavement is enough to, to store up kinetic Apparently. energy. That would uh I would I think I would buy into that to be honest. Um like it would be minute um additions, but I could okay. I could track with you that. You know what? That's actually if... real like I, I was more joking, but that's an excellent point because if you go like he does a lot of walking that day, that might build up, but maybe not a lot, but maybe some. Yeah, but I would also chase that with then he too should be walking around without shoes on <laughs> because otherwise the soles of his shoes are absorbing the vast majority of that. Yeah, because I was going to be like, oh, we could have shoes that, you know, maybe enhance that. But then I was like, oh, my God, that would destroy his feet. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool. I like, too, that not only does he punch them up into the air, but they also have the, the added injury of having to come down again. And then no one <laughs> like catches just, them. Yeah, they all just plummet to the earth and and fall down on asphalt and concrete. Like, geez, it's it was a it was a bit. I just I just get the was it the uh uh the DBZ abridged like somebody catch me thud. (laughs) He just drops. (laughs) We see the smoke clear. We get a good old fashioned smoke clearing. Uh, and we, and as you pointed out, we have like skinny gum, uh, and he's, he's boasting about the win, uh, but he did have to use up all of his fat and, uh, he may runs up to him and she glomps on. I like that sound effect. That yep. was a, a good sound effect. As he's like, sorry, what's ha-? Like his face is like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. But she's, she's explaining. She finally found his prince and Amajiki is, he kind of tells us that he had, had kind of sorted that out. The guy that we were after the whole time was Fat Gum, uh, and Amajiki is the one who 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 done figured uh, that that must have been a case given that they had visited every other hero that was on the scene who might be blonde. But you can't tell that Fat Gum is blonde when he's in Fat Gum mode because he wears that hood. Yeah, and if he, I mean, if he'd taken the hood off, which I mean, he could, but yeah, no, he does the hood. The hood's always up when he's when he's yeah in Fat mode. 
So, and, and then they go back to the agency. He's like, I gotta fatten back up. And it, it, it occurs to me, it's like, so did that, did this whole, like, the initial attack happen this, like, the same morning, more or less? I don't know. Because um, he, I mean, yeah, he, he has to eat to, to get fat again, but we've, at least in Vigilantes, like, and actually from what we've seen in the main series, like, even, even the, like, the aftermath of Chihei Hasaikai stuff, like, it, it takes a while. Like, it's not like a, yeah. Oh, he's out of commission for like a week, but it takes like a day or so for him to get back to full, you know, full size. So yeah, he's got built-in vacation, uh, like comp days when he uses his power because he's he, well, he has to take the time to put that. Well, weight I, back I wouldn't on. say that far because it's like he he can put on a decent amount like in a short amount of time because of how his quirk works. But it's just he's not at full he's not at full power. Like he he'd yeah. be like an intermediate, which I don't want to see. Like I I he it's one of those two sizes. I, I feel like the middle size would just it'd be like that doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we haven't seen the moderate gum. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> like if we have skinny I, gum and I, fat I don't, I don't gum, think we've, yeah, I don't think we've seen that, and I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it to uh, the the. Uh, fan art if somebody ats us with a, a moderate gum uh, I love I fan love art. that, that would name, be awesome though, moderate gum <laughs> I love Amajiki's response to this too he's just like did I do the whole team up thing well <laughs> he's still being uh well at least he's not being self-abasing here he's just being humbled um and he it's explained that like you know you you directed everybody uh Momo goes so far as to say he's about the only person who could have uh managed the situation like as he did. And even he made piles onto it, man. She, he, she's like, Hey, I was about ready to give up on this. Um, until, uh, until you, uh, did the thing. And she says, you're kind of radiant too, sun eater. Um, and I think that she used, I kept using the word dashing. Did she use the word radiant to describe the, 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 her prince earlier uh, in this chapter? I know yes, she, she used did. Dashing. Like so radiant okay. and fine. Yeah. So now he's getting the same, uh, praise, uh, heaped onto him. Uh, as what she had directed at her prince. And <laughs> she says, too, you'd be dashing, too, if you weren't so mopey. <laughs> and that is the source of my suffering. <laughs> yeah, that sounded like a very Tokoyami it's, thing there. It, the it, 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 it is. And I feel like these those two would get along so well. But I just I just love I love the kind of little like chibi-esque version of him with the eyes and the shadow. He's just like, and that is the source yeah. of my suffering. Um, and then we have future Midoriya back yeah it's He's weird like, <laughs> witnessed the true power of one of the big three and amajiki uh gained a tiny bit of confidence confidence uh who will they find who will they who will they find yeah. themselves teaming up with next and i'm like Future Midoriya knows now he's just being with Yeah, no, Future Midoriya is like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go full narrator mode, not like I'm narrating my own story, like I'm narrating other people's story. And I'm like, Future <laughs> yeah. Midoriya. Like, is this a How I Met Your Mother situation where you're just going to go on and on and never get to the point? Because that's what I feel like. Well, what do you say, Mark, um, that we call a pause to our coverage of all of the three point aughts? Yes. Um, in the hopes that maybe we can reel, because we've gone a little long, but maybe, maybe we can reel Adam in uh, to cover 3.3 or and 3.2. We shouldn't forget that one. Plus, you pointed out some supplemental material in the back of the Tonkaban that I believe I also have at home. Um, and we can toss that in to pad that episode out a little bit, too, because 3.2 and 3 are uh, shorter than 3 and 3.1 together. 
So yes. th- chalk it up to my poor organization and, and foresight. And uh, But it gives us an excuse to sit down together again, friend, and, and have a chit chat about more My Hero stuff, which is exciting. Yes, it does. All right. Well, uh, remind everybody once more about Hero Notes, where they can find you. Uh, they can find the Hero Notes podcast uh, on Twitter at Hero Notes Pod. And you can find myself on Twitter at uh, ChaliOnX. That's at C-H-A-L-I-O-N-X. And you can find my co-host Luke on Twitter at LJ underscore Hollywood. Yes. And even though the Hero Notes pod is on uh, a hiatus, their backlog is ginormous. We talked about it at the beginning of our last episode. There's 140 plus episodes of their content. Of, All of it is glorious. Of the, I was going to say that of the main show, of the numbered main show. And then we have, we have a couple supplementals. We have uh, some of our very... Vigilante Yeah, we logs. have the Vigilante's logs. We have the... Uh, we have our very special episodes, which are kind of what the supplementals were before they had that name. Um, and yeah. then we have Witch's Grimoire, which is our our joke thing about our April Fool's joke about uh, reviewing a uh, Little Witch Academia. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can also you know leave them a, a pleasant review uh, in all the places where you can do such things. You can find us, of course, at Almighty Pod on Twitter and Pete the Pin Tweet. Join our Discord where there's always something to talk about and people to talk about it with. Uh, it doesn't have to be strictly my hero. Uh, we talk about a lot of other animes, and your voices and opinions would be welcome in those spaces as well. But I think that's going to cap it for this episode of the AMP. You, as a result of my poor planning, will get a bonus extra episode featuring uh, Mark from Hero Notes. So stay tuned for that in a week's time. Uh, but until then, we will see you next time, later, whenever that is. Thank you.